You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the last Essential Apple Podcast before the Christmas Party Special, which will be next week. And this week, I am joined by Oliver Breedenbach of Boinks. Thank you for coming on, Oliver. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, living in, uh, uh, yeah, living the dream in a beautiful city with snow. So, oh, I was going uh, to ask if you've had snow it's gonna, because it's uh, going to be a white Christmas, maybe. Oh well, maybe we we had. Um, Yesterday, we had what was uh, dubbed Storm Deirdre, which I believe dumped quite a lot of snow in places like Scotland. All we had here was howling wind and horizontal rain, but uh, <laughs> it was pretty pretty vile. But um, no, well, you've got snow. That's nice, I guess. Yes. Yes. As long as it's as long as you're not like poor Alex Sepko in in the Ukraine, who said you know he surprised us all because he said oh we've we've had some snow and the country's turned to chaos and I thought well you know the story in Britain is always that uh, you know the reason we have chaos when there's snow is we never know when it's coming whereas uh, in the Ukraine you'd think they'd be ready for snow but apparently they were all caught on the hop and <laughs> it was a disaster so there we go. Anyway, thank yeah. you for coming on. And uh, we're also joined by uh, semi-regular co-host, Nick Riley. Hello, Nick. Hello, hello. I'm, I'm glad to be back. Um, oh. It's um, a greyish day here in Birmingham. Pretty grey here, to be honest. Um, the, the, it was a bit brighter this morning, I have to say, but uh, now it's sort of just grey and december <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately the, or the... fortunately, no snow, depending on your point of view. Yes. The important thing is, um, for me, a really important question is, uh, will there be doggy bags after the party? I mean, count me in for one. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bring your own bottle, though. All right. Oh, right. OK. <laughs> bring your own bottle. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, as I've uh, already explained, I'm going to be uh, um, uh, playing the organ in a carol service. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, yes. Unfortunately, you but, won't be able to come. No. Yeah, but never mind. Never, never mind. mind. OK. Well, um. Strange week this week, really. Um, Apple released uh, or allowed Apple Music on uh, the Echo, uh, but unfortunately it turned out to be US only, as is so uh, often the way with these things. Um, Apple haven't announced uh, a one billion uh, campus that they're going to build in Austin, Texas, uh, along with expanding a whole load of other facilities around the US. Uh whether or not that's to pander to certain political uh, factions, we don't know. But there you go. They are spending a lot of money um, and apparently creating a lot of jobs around the US, which is good. Um, and what else happened? Uh, not a huge amount, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of tech. 
Well, last then. week, uh, Apple Apple launched Apple Pay in Germany. Yay! Oh yes, we forgot that. I forgot I, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, rightly so because <laughs> it's been taking a long time. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, there were three countries left on the earth, I think, that didn't have Apple Pay yet. Well, well, I'm glad you've finally got it. I, I seem to remember I've become confused because for months, probably over a year, about every two months, there seems to be a rumor Apple Pay about to launch in Germany, and then it doesn't. Yeah, I wish we're thinking. Yeah. Well, and we now we, we wish yeah. they wouldn't have me, probably. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I've never had the pleasure of using Apple Pay because my bank refused to support it, which is bloody annoying. Which was, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, you, I, I can, I can tell you about my first experience using it. Uh, or do you want to do that later? No, no, no. Tell us. Tell us. Please do. Uh, so so I, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm one of the fortunate uh, people who, uh, whose banks support Apple Pay. So that wasn't a problem. So I went into the local grocery store and um, held my phone up to the pay machine. And uh, up comes the message with, you know, you can use Apple Pay and stuff like that. And then... Um, there's a message that says press twice uh, to for paying, and it's a strange animation on the screen. I have an iPhone 10, and so I'm trying to press it on, you know, press twice. I, you know, nothing happens. Just the, the cards come up, and I can choose a card, and then the, the message comes again with press twice. And people in the line behind me, they're getting impatient, and they make jokes about me trying to pay with my phone and, you know, and stuff like that. And then I gave up and, you know, just paid cash and went out of the store. <laughs> and uh, on the way um, on the way home, it strikes me that they might have meant to show me on the animation that I have to press the button on the right-hand side of the phone, the, yeah. the home button. It's, you know, this... the, the, it's not the home button, it's the lock button, you know. Yeah. So why, you know, <laughs> I mean, this used to be easier. Uh, Apple did have... The, you just know, put your thumb on it yeah use, use user interface down to an art and now they put things like strange animations with a text that doesn't mean anything on the screen and uh, <laughs> you have to go to the app store apple store and take a course on how to use apple pay i mean that's <laughs> kind of i don't know once it's working once it's working but, uh, oliver it's yeah, yeah yeah yes and so <laughs> The second time I went to the grocery store, a day later, I, I bought some stuff and I've, you know, I've done the double cl click the, uh, uh, the the button thingy and it worked. Uh, the other thing I tried is I tried to pay, I tried to choose my American Express card and, um, and then the machine said um, it refuses the card, it's not supported, whatever. And I was like kind of surprised because I thought if they support Apple Pay, uh, then it doesn't matter what kind of payment I have fig configured for the actual money transaction. But apparently, there's two kind of things. Um, there's the uh, NFC support, which just works as if you would put the card up to the card reader. And then there's Apple Pay, where the app money goes directly through Apple in some way. Or is that is that a misconception on my part? Or I, I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense to say you have Apple Pay support and then you also have to have the proper card. Well, um, I, I think that I don't know the whole the whole yeah the thing with that, as I understand it, is the NFC is just the same as putting your card up. 
but the, uh-huh. but the yeah. Apple the Apple Pay is allegedly more secure and a whole load of other things, which um, because well, it, one one thing if you if you if you use the uh, if you use your phone to put the card up to the reader, then you don't have to do, enter the pin code on the card reader. This is kind of more a little more convenient. Yeah, but I think it's 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 very confusing for people. For regular customs, if I can't figure it out, you know, or yeah. then I think I think the user interface and the fact that you just can't use any card with any card reader um, is kind of going to be a, a, a huge barrier to acceptance and uh, adoption, in at least in Germany, I think. So, I think uh, so I've I've only got one card set up on my um, up from my Apple Pay, um, and um, once you've got the watch. It literally is you, you you double press the um the lower button on the watch and hold the watch up to the pay thing and that's it okay there is nothing else so um i i think i have used my phone once or twice i don't remember it being terribly yeah, I problematic to. but i think I, ha- I have to i have to i have to try that i i didn't try the apple watch yet so uh because because uh, the other thing that's kind of strange is when you set up the card it only lets you choose either to put it on the phone or on the watch. So instead of saying, you know, um, set up this card for both the watch and the phone at the same time. Yeah, you I think have you have to, to tell it explicitly that you want twice, it to be used on the watch. Yeah. yeah. Mm, so, so I mean, this is kind of, you know... Um, Teething problems. <laughs> nah, I, I think I think I think in the, in the good old days, uh, Apple wouldn't have released something like that uh, uh, without, you know, apparently doing more testing or, I don't know, thinking about a little bit more how to use it and how, how this should work. Um, it seems to be like, ah, let's do it. And, you know, the, the, uh, the intern, the UI team intern put together the proposal, how to use it. The lawyers came along and said, no, you have to press twice something. And then they were, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit, I think when it first launched, the whole the whole point was you had to have a supported card. And I know, I don't think American Express ever signed up to support Apple Pay. But then they added this other feature that you're talking about, Oliver, where you can also just use the phone uh, as an NFC and it will behave as if it's just your card. So you've actually got two different things going on there. You've got using your phone oh, right. as, a, as a card. And I don't think that was in the original Apple Pay. I think they've added that somewhere along the line. So that will support cards that don't support Apple Pay, which is kind of muddied the waters. <laughs> yeah, this is this. That's what I'm talking about. That's the. I think that's the user interface issue they didn't solve. I mean, it's like, yeah, of course. And and I got a I got an email is, uh, uh, explicitly from American Express announcing support for Apple Pay for my card. So um, I'm sure Apple Pay supported. Uh, but you know, the difference between. Does this thing just do NFC or does it do Apple Pay? It's not apparently. It's not really apparent for a regular user who is not right. a technology specialist. Because I right? know, I, so, I mean, yeah. So here in the UK, um, they had this thing, and obviously people were putting, you know, accepts Apple Pay. Uh, people were saying specifically accepts Apple Pay, but it, it would appear from most people's um, experiences, in at least in the UK, if it if it's a you know if you've got a tap to pay terminal it will take apple pay whether it explicitly says it does or not but i i don't know obviously there might be something a lot of these things to do with what the banks will and won't accept 
And um, I mean, it might be the fact that it's taken so long to get Apple Pay in Germany might be something to do with the <laughs> banks in Germany, uh, you know, trying of course, to because uh, it's, it's always about control, isn't it? And follow the money. So uh, it, that might have something yeah, to do with it. Yeah. Se- separate, you know, might be a German um no, I think I, I think that I think it's a technology issue. Um, that at least the thing I'm I'm uh, going on about because yeah, as you said, I mean it's like apparently this technology supports two different modes, and if the vendor does not accept Apple Pay, you can still use it for NFC and and so yeah, I mean I'm it's cool. I'm I'm I I, I like the fact that I don't have to go hunting for the proper card in my wallet um uh but uh, it's it's kind of it's it's more i think it's more confusing and difficult uh, than it would need to be and yeah. that's that's kind of the the gripe i have with with apple at that point you know i, I like, think it's fair to say that with yeah. technology quite often less is more yeah uh, and when i started to use it um i don't think they had these two different ways so it's just one way yeah. <laughs> and it just worked and i've stuck with that since so yeah, yeah. so okay so that's my story um about apple pay well there you go right <laughs> uh, well i will put that in there i'll put that in the i'll put that in the notes there's a lot of stories about um about security which is a little bit depressing i i I have to say, which is somewhat disheartening when we have all these stories about uh, security. Um, I, I don't know this this whole thing about the giant the giant um, campus. What do, do do any of us have anything to say about that? I don't really, I don't really, because none of us are Americans, so I don't suppose we have much kind of uh, insight <laughs> thoughts on that. I mean, on, on what on, on the the, the new the new Apple campus. I mean, oh, the new Apple campus. Oh, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, what's it? Reuters say here. I mean, it's a thing. Uh, Apple said Thursday it would spend a billion dollars to build a second campus in Austin, Texas, holding fifteen thousand workers as part of a push by U.S. companies for more domestic jobs. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, it it seems to be. Um... I'm sure there's a good reason for having the campus, but it's also a, a way of placating the American authorities, isn't it, about yeah. inward investment and bringing money into the country and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Apple apparently already have a facility in North Austin with 6,000 workers, which is the biggest outside of Cupertino. Um, That's quite a lot of people. <laughs> 6,000. Yeah. Um, right. Where isn't that the uh, tech support um, Apple Care part um, thing, I, I think. I've no idea, to be honest. Um, Nobody really knows, right? Um, they keep quiet about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there we go. There, that's um, basically their bot, their building. And I, I, uh, I understand. I don't. I don't think it's in the story I linked, but I understand they're also expanding um, various other facilities around the US. So there we go. Um, did you hear anything about them moving the European headquarters from the UK to Ireland uh, on account of Brexit yet? Or is that... No, no. Have uh, they done that yet? Or do they no. plan to? Or? I have no idea, to be honest. Uh, I've certainly not heard any rumours about it. I, I had a um, I had an email from Google saying that they're shifting their um, data storage f- from some google llc to google island limited or something and uh there are there are um 
uh, there are some car manufacturers that are saying that they'll probably be moving stuff outside of the UK, aren't they? Yeah, well, you know, to be honest, do you blame them? You know, <laughs> no. no. Apple have backed uh, a tech group which are drafting a new US privacy bill, according to 9to5Mac. Um, well, interesting. Um, interesting, interesting, unsurprising, I suppose. Uh, according to 9to5Mac here, the Center for Democracy and Technology, uh, known as the CDT, as a consumer advocacy group, has received large donations from Apple and Alphabet and has drafted a privacy bill it would like to see made into federal law. Um, the bill wishes to ban the collection of biometric data such as fingerprints and face recognition, as well as precise location data unless specifically required to provide the consumer with a service they have chosen to use. Um, Reuters report so that, that the CD... would be like, uh, like what it is in Europe now, right? So they try to... Um, catch up a little bit with the uh, GDPR. I, I think so. I think that's the. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, it appears that they're they're not going to have much many teeth. No, um, uh, that's actually even if the even if even yeah. if they get it through. I mean, at the moment, yeah. they but, reckon uh, the, max, the, the maximum fine would be just forty one thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah, which, which is, is obviously so obviously <laughs> peanuts to tech giants. Whereas GDPR allows for a maximum fine of four percent of the company's global turnover. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I think they're trying to catch up because, um, and I, I can see why Apple are backing this because at, at the minute, I mean, we've had all these, we keep having these uh, reports of various companies, you know, um, basically collecting all of the data that that you use, and and also, of course, of um, of apps, you know, accessing data they've got absolutely no need or right to be digging into, really. So. Yeah, I th I, th I totally agree. Um, I think I think Apple's um, position is amicably amicably, but uh, I think I think they got they got just lucky because they are, you know, they um, they're. I, I don't think they set out um, specifically to um, um, to build their um, uh, their business model the way that it is now. Um, I think they just got a little lucky with uh, how they, with a couple of decisions they made in the in the mid of mid nineties or something, and um, along the way with uh, actually some, I think with with, with some this, you know, um, uh, with with some failures actually because they were uh, as you uh, as you might remember they were they tried to, um, you know start social media uh, uh, social networks um a couple of times and uh, i think if they had got lucky with one of them in the, the i mean in the early <laughs> earlier days uh, and and it would be now the huge icloud you know instead of facebook we would have like a social icloud whatever um then i think their their position would be quite different you know so uh, so the, uh, uh, I, I, th I think, I think, I think it's a, it's, they have a, they have a position that I like on, on privacy and I like the way, um, uh, they, they protect the user's, uh, data. Um, sometimes I think they, sh they, they are overshooting a little bit. For example, as a, as a software developer, if you don't get any information on the customers that buy our stuff from, from the app store, uh, you know, no way to even contact those people. Um, then, you know, I think it's it's one step too far. Um, but you know, 
um, on the other hand, if if I give them my you know my my health data, my um, my movement, my uh, whereabouts, um, I, I like very much that they don't plan to monetize those. You know, so um, yeah. Um, uh, I, I think they make the, enough uh, money f- of selling phones, <laughs> and and and. Uh, uh, and and so they don't have to uh, uh, monetize the data they have, and they have a lot of data on their customers. I mean, you don't. I, you know, the, the only difference is probably that um, they, they they can afford to not tap into that money pit. You know. So yeah, I, I think I think it's probably a certain amount of uh, you know uh, happenstance, uh, as you would as you were saying there, Oliver. But I think Tim Cook realized probably that um as as people started to become more concerned about how much stuff google was collecting and and certainly facebook uh that they possibly realized that there was a you know there was there was capital to be made from that um uh, yeah but i think i think um i think apple collects almost as much data um the the only difference is they keep it for themselves i mean they don't they, well, they don't they, they don't sell they, anything, they don't, do they they, they, they don't they don't sell things based on uh, on data, um, but um, uh, and so but, but but that doesn't mean that they don't have the data. I mean, you know, well, you that's, can you, that's quite you, a difference. You, know? you can actually download um, all the data that uh, Apple claimed to hold on you. And uh, when I when I downloaded mine uh, just out of interest, uh, when it when they said you could do it, I mean, basically. Uh, it, it it tells them uh it it says what devices i've recorded as uh you know apple devices i've recorded using over the years um unsurprisingly what stuff i've bought from itunes what stuff i've bought from the app store and uh not much else to be honest <laughs> i think uh, so, so no no location data that they use to for the uh find my iphone feature no um well they 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 say that they don't the, keep the, that this is this is the thing. What they're saying is what mm-hmm. the data that they yeah. hold on you. They do they do collect your location data and whatnot, and it's used. But they claim that it's um it's anonymized when they use it for their research, and that they don't. Yeah, keep so it. the data is still there, but they don't. They they basically have no way to um to link it to your profile other that, than yeah insurance, that, which is um you know that yeah, okay. that that that's what they say, and um. We have to basically either we take their word for that or we don't, I guess. But I'm I'm happy enough, really, even if they do hold data on me, um, that you know, because they say they're not selling it and they're not monetizing it, then that's fair enough. Uh, it's even yeah, sure. I've, I've said before on on this show, you know, when I first started using uh, Gmail and uh, Google services, they were quite clear. Uh, when you signed up, what it was they wanted to collect from you. But as time went on, it began to feel that they were collecting more and more stuff, which I'm sure they were, um, and they were being more and more underhand about it. And in the end, I thought, I'm not happy with this anymore. And that's when I um, when I bailed out. And um, as you would say in there, uh, Oliver, about um, not getting any feedback, I, I don't know how relevant this one is. Um, it's one I... I remembered seeing in the week and didn't uh, I didn't bother to pick up but I've I've put it in the show notes now. Apple now supports app analytics for developers on the Mac App Store. Um I've put the link in there for you if you uh with the introduction of a revamped Mac App Store on Mac 
OS Mojave, Apple had to remove some features along the way. Today, the company is adding app analytics for Mac App Store applications in App Store Connect. Um, I don't know if that's relevant. Uh, announced on well, the developer. Uh, I think that that's that's um, I they they, uh, they used to have that for the iOS apps already. So. Um, <clears throat> So um, it's a, it's it's a good thing that they also roll it out for the Mac, um, but that's only um, um, things that um, you know analytics that are concerned with uh, how many people are looking at your pages um, uh, on the App Store at your products um, and how many do, downloads do they do and stuff like that. It's not about how they use your app or you know. Uh, how um, satisfied they are with it no. and stuff like that. No. So um, it's um, it's quite useful, but it's not um, you know it's not for marketing purposes. It's not um, uh, very um, you know um, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't lend itself to any you know increase in business. So you can't use it for no. um, you know making more making more business, um, and that's kind of the. Um, it's nice to know, but it's not um, it's not um, terribly helpful. Okay. So, well. so going back to the original story, which was about this tech group, um, which is drafting a U.S. privacy bill, um, it seems to me that that this is a better way around of doing things. So, it's better for a tech group to look at privacy than the government to look at privacy without referring to technical people. Um, because the problems we've had with with um, government-sponsored uh, uh, tech stuff is that quite often they don't understand the complexities of what they're asking for. No, that is true. Um, and as it as it says in here, it says Apple CEO Tim Cook has become a strong advocate for a U.S. privacy law after initial reluctance. Uh, a recent large-scale survey showed the majority of the U.S. population in support of tech regulation, which I which I have seen. Um, basically. You know they've said should these you know should tech giants be under more government regulation? Which um, I think Tim Cook has said in the past. Yes, I, I think you know you can't let people like Facebook and Google and Apple if we were not as uh, you know uh, squeaky clean as we claim to be um, run riot because they could just collect anything and everything, you know, as he said, your whole life often is now is tied to your phone. Um, and if you're allowing tech companies and app developers and whatnot to just suck up any and all data, regardless of whether it's relevant to what the app is supposed to be doing, that's, you know, that's a data privacy nightmare. So, yes. um, I mean, yeah. I, th so, uh, but what, I think the important thing with this is that is that they, They'll be coming at it from a point of view of, of, of people who know how the data is collected and, and therefore can be more sensible about the kind of restrictions that, that, that are actually put on themselves, if, they, if you like, to actually sort of protect um, individuals. Yes. Um, with, without actually sort of just passing a law which has no teeth. Yes, yes. That's, the that's... good thing about GDPR is that, it, you know, people... <clears throat> I, I work for a, a tech part of a of a of a, of a company, and uh, we were quite frightened by GDPR. And I, you know, I think we're right to be. Um, it, it, it's right that we're naturally cautious about the data that we're collecting, and, and, and even the church that I belong to, which is a, you know a small number of people, um, we've had to think about GDPR. And I think I don't think it hurts for people to 
rein back in all this information we tend to throw out everywhere occasionally and just say, look, do you really want to give away all this information? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It's, it's something we, um, you know, it, it, it's something um, quite a lot of people, certainly more recently, have been promoting. You know, are you really sure you want to tell Facebook everything about your life? Are you really sure you want, you want to know? <laughs> right. And in know, all honesty, if the answer is then yes, well, that, that's fair enough. Yeah, if you don't, if you really don't mind. But my gripe with Facebook, of course, is it, it's how much you want to share with the world is one thing, but the way they hoover it all up and then sell it on to all and sundry is another matter altogether. But there yes. we are. That's, <laughs> you know, um, everybody knows my views on Facebook and that is, uh, I don't have anything to do with it. Thank you very much. Never liked the, I never, my view of Facebook is, is the 21st century village well where people go to gossip and air their dirty laundry. Thank you very much. <laughs> now that said, that said, um, I will. Tell it's an you, important function in in society, though. Well, there there is that. There is a, there is a perfectly good. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah. I will. There are good. There, there are, are good, good parts sides. of it. There are, yeah. and I will, in fact, now relate you a short story. Um, the other day, my daughter came home and uh, from work, and she she commutes to work uh, quite often on the train. Um, and uh, she came down in the evening about half past seven and said, oh, my God, how lucky am I? And I said, why, what's happened? And she said, I've just had an email, um, a message, sorry, a message on Facebook saying, uh, I believe you are Danielle Parnell and you uh, were on the train this morning and you dropped your bank card. And, oh, gosh. Uh, I am, I am, the, I am the, the guard on the train and I picked up your card and I have searched... Uh, uh, Facebook to find you and I I know where you get on the train so basically I managed to track down that you know find Danielle uh, you know within um, x distance of the of the train station as a likely bet and uh, found her and sent her a message and said I've got your card and uh, when you get on the train uh, you know next ask me for it and I shall uh, give you back your bank card so there you go yeah uh, so when we when we went to Amsterdam uh, a couple of months ago uh, we found a wallet um, that someone had dropped in our store and uh, we just you know found the credit cards and then we google we, we looked on Facebook and we messaged the guy and he just he was just uh, gone for like 10 or 15 minutes and he was totally happy that we found this stuff and came back and picked it up again so yeah uh that was really yeah it's it's cool some somehow in some respects it's it's pretty cool that you can do that now it just shows how connected we all are doesn't it yeah it does through technology me on the other hand if it had been my bank card i'd have been shafted because i am not on (laughs) facebook (laughs) yeah indeed there we are so you know it's not all bad don't the truth is, it's not the concept. Have, of have you sold you? Have you sold you? <laughs> no. Now you're going to go back on Facebook. No, sorry, no. It's it, it. The trouble is, it's not the concept of Facebook that I really dislike. I will be. I will be honest. It is the company. I don't have. I don't like uh, any of their behaviour. So there we yeah. are. Um, right. What else did we have? Uh, yeah. Apple Music has launched on Amazon Echo uh, US only for now. So we're all uh, unable to make much comment on that. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Boo. Uh, boo. <laughs> boo. Tim. Tim. I know you're listening. Sort it out, mate. Thank you. 
<laughs> all, all of us, uh, you know, all us European listeners uh, would like to be able to use our Apple Music subscription on uh, our Amazon Echo devices. Well, those of us who have either or any thereof. <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, I, we can only hope, can't we, that it doesn't take as long as Apple Pay to get to Germany. Um, before uh, absolutely yeah <laughs> let's hope it's a let's hope it's a quicker rollout than that dear oh dear um but um i mean this this could quite possibly be down to amazon i mean amazon traditionally tend to roll out things in the us first don't they oh yeah um so uh, it, it may be that um it's the amazon side of things that that has specified what we'll just do is in the us first uh, it, quite possibly quite possibly yeah. um apparently they have released a skill for uh the Amazon lady that allows her to uh, connect to your Apple Music subscription and play your Apple Music uh, through your Echo speaker. So, surely good. Very good. I, I think anything that makes uh, uh, things that are supposed to work together actually work together. Well, that is the thing. That is the point, isn't it? It's, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, all services are only proper services when they are ubiquitous. Otherwise, they fail. That's, that's my yeah. view. Yeah. Well, they're limited anyway. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Intel have launched some new 10 nanometer Sunny Cove CPUs, um, possibly destined for future Macs, which uh, is one of those stories which is okay, and uh, I'm sure it's lovely. <laughs> uh, that's what people yeah, say that's what, aren't you don't you think that uh, the intel chips are on their way out for the mac it's quite possible i, I, I think i think apple I, apple would love to do nothing more than moving the macs over to the arm processor and yeah we've talked about this a few times haven't we simon yes we and, have uh, i i you know originally i was very dubious of the whole thing but as, as time yeah, has gone on. So one, 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 one thing that's a kind of an indicator is that um, they are going to go, they're going to get rid of the last technology that they couldn't put on ARM um, uh, next year. So I think uh, the, the last operating system parts that um, couldn't, couldn't be put on ARM. And so I think maybe we, yeah, we that's interesting. Maybe, you know, you know, you, you know, uh, that's that's certainly, I think, um, you know, one of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, preliminary things they have to do. And so I think, I think they, uh, you know, by by fall next year, uh, at least software-wise, they will be in a position to switch um, to another, um, you know, yeah, process another. or uh, and and switch over to ARM for the Max. Um, you know, at least. You know, very painlessly. Um, you know, the 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 only only thing they um, they, they can't do then is um, run Windows on on those things, and I think that's still a big part of well, there's hardware we, we've talked we have talked about this before, and you know, for a long time, the the, the whole point of shifting to Intel you know, allowed you to run Windows to to do uh, a whole variety of things like that, uh, whether it was actually run Windows directly on the hardware or to, uh, you know, run virtual machines and so on. But, of course, Microsoft are working on Windows for, for ARM as well. And if, you know, if they if they go mainstream with Windows for ARM, then that whole Intel that thing flies yeah, out yeah. the window. Um, mm -hmm. 
not necessarily relating to this uh, announcement about... Uh, I mean, the, the, the part of the reason I think that this has been trumpeted is because Intel have been having great difficulty getting down to the 10 nanometer um, stage. Whereas, um, you know, ARM... Well, the, uh, the, the, the ARM processors are much nicer and much cleaner and much more modern and they don't carry a lot of... Yeah, legacy... Uh, you know, legacy baggage and they are more power uh, heat efficient and they're more power efficient and they're more so i mean you know they you know they put with the arm processor they can put almost as much power as a mac has into an an, into the phone you know the ipad pro very much so so uh, so, uh, you know, uh, if you have a bigger case with uh, more heat dissipation, um, you can, you, I mean, you can really crank those things up to, uh, you know, a, a totally different level of performance. And I think that's, you know, if you, if you want a Mac, uh, you want, you want performance. And so I think one of the, uh, um, main points of doing that is getting rid of the old Intel legacy stuff and uh, which, which, co- which only costs you power and heat, you know? So, um, yeah. Well, I, I, I was, I wish I'd bookmarked this because um, I, I was reading a piece earlier in the week um, about, uh, and I, I, I don't know if it was Intel or if it was ARM, but they were, they were talking about the fact that um, they've developed a method to uh, layer the, the the circuitry. So, whereas at the moment they tend to have the uh, the circuit on on the silicon is mostly two dimensional, um, they were talking about effectively stacking the circuitry in three dimensions um, and building what they were calling comp composite uh chips it, when they're building uh systems on a chip because uh the the guy was saying that if you you know as this search to make the uh you know the nanometers smaller and smaller and smaller uh has there are lots of reasons why that um it is good it's good for battery life and and a whole load of other things but there are certain um elements where a bigger die is better. Uh, apparently, as you go down, you know, to smaller and smaller uh, gauge, there's more problem with electron leakage. And they're saying for the input-output um, circuit, electron leakage becomes a problem. So they're talking about building a kind of composite uh, system on a chip where, say, the main CPU is 7 nanometer, but the input-output might be a 20 nanometer because... That allows less electron leakage. It, it, it was incredibly uh, technical, I have to admit, and some of it was beyond me. But uh, as as per usual, it it it, it built up to uh, yes, some clever geezers have thought up even cleverer ways to make your silicon, you know, your SOC <laughs> even faster, better, and smarter than it is. They now. always do. They always do. So yeah, and. Uh, you know, Moore's law might have run out of steam, so we're going to think up new ways to continue to make our chips ever more powerful. So, yeah, I, I, I was a disbeliever of the uh, ARM Mac uh, originally, but uh, I have indeed uh, very much become to believe that uh, Apple. Uh, you know, as Apple pull in more and more, they they're pulling in their own GPUs, they're uh, they're pulling in their own 
um, AI chips. They're pulling in all sorts of things. It, it looks more and more to me like a roadmap towards, um, you know, Apple silicon based machines. And Apple always loved to build the whole stack. So um, I, I'm very much thinking that it's not going to be long before we see um, an ARM based machine. Um, and some people are, uh, uh, you know, positing it could even be the Mac Pro because the Mac Pro launches to a very limited audience with a very specific, um, you know, a, a, probably a much more reduced core of software that they're interested in. You know, you're talking about video editors and, and people like that. You don't have to support necessarily out of the box every single Mac app. Um so, so one, I mean, uh, one of the things uh, Apple has introduced a couple of years ago already is this, um, that if you submit apps to the App Store, you can submit them in a type of code that allows Apple to actually uh, um, compile the application on the store so they can compile it for different uh, architectures. They can optimize it for different processes and stuff like that. So I think they are, I mean, they don't have, they don't even have to ask developers to update their software on the App Store. In in many cases, um, they can just throw a switch, and all the all the apps will be optimized for the new for the new ARM processor. And so, um, that, 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 I mean, that, there's a lot of puzzle pieces um, they they've been put into they've been putting into place over the years. So, I think I think it's not not going to be long. Um, until no. we see something and and one of the you know you, you might be right about the mac pro because what's what what other reason would there be to delay it for more than a year um from the original announcement so yeah that, um, it, it, you know, that so so maybe they they're gonna announce it at at worldwide developers conference um with with you know this is the with with the new arm processor and uh, it's going to be available for developers in a limited way to be able to um update their um their um their applications and then they roll it out in you know fall of 2019 and um you know that 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 i mean that's hypothetically a, a cool story you know so yeah mm -hmm. it's a i i've considered that to be a possibility that you know, my, as I say, my thinking behind that is that the the Pro is not a mass market machine. Therefore, you, if they were to release an ARM Mac Pro, they would have a much more controlled environment, as it were, and a much smaller set of users to have to deal with than if they went and put out. Yeah, and then not, not many of those want to run Windows on the machine. So. No, exactly. <laughs> so you would not be in the same position as if you went and said, okay, we're, we're going to bring out a, an ARM MacBook or, um, you know, yeah. or an ARM iMac. That's, that's a much, that's a much more risky proposition as it were, um, yep. to, as, as a first, yeah. as a first step in, in my yeah. view. Um, I mean, and as we know, you know, Apple have handled uh, technology shifts twice before with, you know, reasonable aplomb. We had 68K to PowerPC and then PowerPC to Intel and relatively painlessly, to be honest. So um, it's not yeah, like... they know how to do that. And it's kind of, it's kind of if you look at the uh, available hardware, I think they've fallen behind a little bit on, uh, you know, uh, if you compare it to the Microsoft um, uh, Surface, for example. And I, it's kind of a, a you know, 
it's kind of a, a strange feeling for you know a, a long-term Mac enthusiast um, to see them, you know, lose the leading edge so so badly. So I, you know, I'm 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 very much hoping that uh, this is just because they uh, they have to uh, do a transition in a clean way and don't want to hurry it or something like that. You yeah. know, but so that, yeah. yeah, let's let's see what happens 2019 and uh, you know. I, sh I sure hope they follow up with their, um, you know, promises on better and more Mac-centric uh, uh, offerings. Yes. I, th I think I think everybody uh, feels that really. I think great as you know the iOS ecosystem is, um, I think the Mac has suffered as a result of their concentration on that, and I think it's time for them to uh, redress the balance. And it could be the fact that. Um, you know the fact that analysts and everybody is saying that the the smartphone market is re reaching saturation and becoming a fully mature market, so that you know these huge uh, you know growth figures are not going to continue. It, there's only <laughs> once you've sold everybody or you know everybody in the uh, you know available market who can afford one um, a decent smartphone, then you know those kind of growth figures we saw going from you know the iphone one to the iphone 3G yeah, so I, so. yeah apple apple is making up for that with uh just increasing the price yeah <laughs> so. but you can't do that forever because you oh well hold up here yeah anyway that that said uh talking talking about phones i uh i did this morning order my myself my new uh phone i've ordered uh the XR, the iPhone XR, uh, black, sixty-four gigabyte, and it's arriving tomorrow. But oh, I heard that was you. Mm. <laughs> but I, uh, I have to say that I did have to opt to take it on a three-year contract in order to keep the price down to the same as I'm paying at the moment. There we are. Very uh, good. You're but, not waiting for the Apple Burberry then? Oh, did I let that slip? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not. A black. I, I did think about a product red, but uh, the minute I clicked on red, it went uh, delivery time, you know, slipped to three to four weeks. And it's like, mm, oh, right. do, do I want a red yeah. one that much? I might have been tempted by a blue one, but I've not seen a blue one in the flesh, so as it were. So I'm not sure how blue, bluey blue I like it. So... I opted yeah. for the I boring. Admit, I, like the X, I like the XR. Um, mm. I, th I think probably my next phone, but probably I'll wait until they're second hand and I can buy it outright. So, mm. well, yeah, I, I, I've reviewed all the, you know, all the spec, all the tech, and um, actually, I'm not that bothered about taking it over three years. I mean, I've had my uh, iPhone seven for two years and uh if it wasn't for the fact that they're basically saying to me you can have a new phone just by signing here i'd probably quite, quite happily keep it another year but um so size wise is that is the xr a little bit bigger than the seven yes it's, it is. it's a 6.1 inch so it's bigger than the xs plus. is it bigger than the seven plus I'm not sure if it's bigger than the seven plus. It probably, I think it's about the size of a seven plus. It's oh, okay. small. It's smaller than the XS Max. Yes. And it, well, it falls between the XS and the XS Max. Um, oh, okay. And the XS, I believe, has a screen size the same as the plus, or density. Yeah, that sounds right. 
and the and the max is even bigger and that so the the xr is a, a little bigger than an xs so i think physical size wise it's probably about the size of a plus okay Be- because i think the 10 the whole point with the 10 wasn't it was they squeezed a plus size screen into it or you know a near plus right. size screen That's into right, yeah. a, a, a form that was only a touch bigger than the than the eight anyway there we that's go it. so that's coming tomorrow Excellent. so that's my uh thing um i'll tell you what chaps should we have a five minute break and go over to john in the hardware store um and uh then we'll come back and cover a couple more stories before oliver has to go um before we go over to the hardware store i do have to say uh the bonks grip earpiece which was featured last week uh they've told us that apparently uh Either myself or John uh, said it was bonks.com. It's not. It's bonks.co. So apologies for that. All the show notes were correct, however. So uh, there you go. If you were interested in the Bonks Grip earpiece, uh, I've put it back in the show notes, and it's bonks.co. So take it away, John. Um, He's going to talk about the Silica Maratona gear bag, I believe. So there you go. An unusual travel case today on Nemo's Hardware Store. The product is called Maratona, M-A-R-A-T-O-N-A. The Maratona Gear Bag, G-E-A-R-B-A-G. Company is Silka, S-I-L-C-A dot C-C. That's their website, Silka dot C-C. It's $180 in the U.S. It's a small suitcase, duffel bag, travel bag, airline compatible bag with a side compartment that unzips you can put some shoes in it's nylon on the outside very weatherproof almost waterproof really ruggedly built it unzips in an unusual way to be completely open when you unzip it it opens and it flaps totally exposed so if you're a cyclist or a runner or a hiker or any outdoor person you can put all of your gear in there and find the stuff because it's a beautiful construction with bright red nylon on the inside and then there's a waxed canvas on the outside for extra durability it has all kinds of handles and zippers and compartments for stowing your stuff and then it expands into a couple of different capacities depending on the size of the airline cabinet or how much room there is in your boot or your trunk or underneath the seat of your car in the back seat however you're traveling it's very versatile when you go to the website you'll see the pictures of the different ways that it unfolds and folds up And when you put it on your back, when you load it up, the shoulder straps are incredibly well padded and really support your back and your shoulders beautifully. Sorry about the puppy in the background. It'll expand all the way up to 60 liters when you need to pack it up all the way and really load up the Maratona. At first, it seems like a specialty item just for athletes and people who need to protect their gear and make sure they don't stink up the whole rest of the airplane or car with your smelly clothing after you've been out cycling or running or any of that outdoor stuff. But in fact, this will last forever. Very well constructed and it's attractive also. It's quite stylish and you can use it for any purpose, short travel, personal equipment. One thing to be aware of, when you do pack it all the way up, because it's so spacious on the inside, it's going to be quite heavy. So make sure if you're going to be using the shoulder straps that you have the massive shoulders capable to carry the Maratona when it's fully loaded. Please go to the website in our links 
at EssentialApple.com for this episode to see the pictures and read the reviews. There's 31 reviews and people absolutely love it. Here's the description. The Maratona gear bag was designed as a cycling-specific travel bag for weekend riding trips and races, yet is versatile enough to be used as general travel bag. Well, I certainly agree with that. So whether you're a cyclist or not, whether you're an outdoor or indoor adventurer, you will definitely be glad, even though it's a lot of money, $180 in the U.S., you'll be really glad to have purchased something of this quality, design, and thought, and care, and materials that went into making the Maratona gear bag. Now it's time to get back on the bike, and let's go sweat up some clothes and some shoes so we can toss them in there. The integrated backpack straps are a particularly noteworthy feature. And please, again, look at the pictures to see how nicely the straps are integrated into the design of the Maratona. There's designated spaces for your water bottles inside, and there's plenty of room for your bike helmet. And then when you unzip it and lay the top flap down, you can really see what's in there. It's not like any other suitcase or travel bag I've ever seen. So the people at Silka, S-I-L-C-A dot C-C, have really designed this from the inside out and the outside in to make it versatile for athletes and everybody else. Back next week. Thank you, John. And uh, I think what we'll do now, while Oliver is here, we'll ask Oliver to tell us about what's happening with Boinks, um, you know, what updates are forthcoming, as it were, uh, before we go over and have a look at a few other stories to wrap the show up. So, Oliver, um, oh, obviously... Yeah, thank you. No, it's not a problem. You've come on the show. Um, I'm sure you've got some interesting things to, uh, you know, tell us about. So uh, what's going on with Boinks at the moment? Yeah, so this year uh, we've, we focused a lot on uh, Mimo Life, uh, which is our live video, uh, live streaming production system. Uh, it's basically a TV studio in a box. Um, I think uh, we've already talked about it on the show in the past sometime. Uh, we were very busy, had 42 releases this year, and we've moved to a... Um, to the uh, to the subscription model exactly to be able to do this uh, to be able to innovate qu more quickly and and bring more features uh, faster to the market and um, uh, so so this year is kind of um, for us the uh, the proof of concept for this um, uh, it's been a, a great year for Mimo Life and um, and uh, we I think we we're starting with a strong product into the new year. Uh, but uh, you know some some other things we also have on our plates, and and one one of the things is um, uh, we have a little product called Mouse Pose. Uh, it's very popular with um, uh, people who are doing presentations or training videos and stuff like that. It allows you to highlight um, your mouse uh, on the screen, so it draws a little, you know, like a, um, um, a flash. Uh, yeah, spotlight. flash light, uh, uh, spotlight around the mouse. And uh, uh, you can also use it if you have a huge screen to quickly find where your tiny little mouse is. Um, and uh, we've, we haven't updated that in, in a couple of years, actually. And uh, it's, it, um, you know, we had to do something uh, to be able to uh, continue to use it on the Mac platform. And uh, so we, we've done a rewrite, and actually the uh, public beta is going to start um, um, the coming week. Um, uh, uh, and uh, if if you if the listeners want to sign up, they should go to the uh, Boeing Software website 
B-O-I-N-X um, and find the mouse pose um, um, page and we will put up a uh, beta test sign up form and people can sign up and we'll uh, send them a license and download link and they can participate in the beta test. Um, and uh, the third thing we are um, kind of excited about uh, around the end of the year, uh, we're working on a new version of iStop Motion for iOS, and um, uh, but that's not going to be ready um, in time for Christmas for the beta test. We'll do the beta test um, uh, early next year, uh, as soon as we've uh, worked out all the things we know <laughs> and then <laughs> we'll give it people to play around and uh, tell us the things we don't know so um these are th that are the three things um that's going on at, uh, at boeing software uh right now uh and uh yeah we're kind of excited um uh to be able to do this for for the mac and and ios users because uh, we love uh, making cool stuff and and helping people to um, improve their lives. Excellent. Cool, Oliver. Oliver, can I ask a question? Um, yeah, sure. Mentioned, ma mentioned mouse pose. Um, at the church I'm a member of, so we've got a, a, a Mac up on a balcony at the back of the church. Um, but sometimes images will pop up pop up on the um, on the screen that it's being projected onto, which is about. 30 feet away mm -hmm. which i can't really see very well <laughs> okay uh, uh so if i need to close dialogues and things on that screen i can't actually see it so would mouse oh. <laughs> help, help me see the where the mouse is and that sort of thing um it, it it would help you to see where the mouse is i don't i'm not sure if that it, if, if it can solve that specific problem but I'm, I'm i'm i will be happy to send you a license so you can try it out and let me know if you if it works for you. Um, sure, that'd be cool. <laughs> sure. um, that, that's kind of you know when you when you set out to make a product, you have a certain use case in mind, and and then people get the products into their hand, and they do amazing other things that you yeah. have never, never imagined. Yeah. And that's one of those that's one of those things. Is like you know people doing you know and then someone comes along and says you know i use it to be able to pinpoint and close windows 40 yards away you know so that's, <laughs> that's that's a cool I'm, yeah i'm sure cool. that happens quite often I, I think i must have a bit of a, a bit of a weird mind really because um I'm, <laughs> I'm often doing things like this um a few years ago um i did a, a an organ concert and uh wanted to project stuff up onto the um screen um, mm -hmm. I got my phone, and I've got a. We've got a Mac Mini down at church, and I wanted some way of projecting me playing the organ, which is at the back of the church, onto the screen, which is at the front of the church. Um, and I ended up trying to use. Oh, there were a couple of pieces of software. Um, one of them was um, Alfred, because mm -hmm. Alf. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the another one was um, from Squirrel Soft, one of theirs that actually sends it to multiple monitors, uh, sends sends your screen to multiple monitors. Um, and I, I pretty much got it to got it to work, even though at the time I was on an Android phone, I actually managed to get it to work. Well, there you go. Uh, uh, okay. But I'm sure none of those were actually intended for that purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a good thing. I mean, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Mouse Bozo is very clever. No, it's it's a good thing that we have users who are adding value to the product by coming up with all these crazy ways to use it. I mean, it's like that, this is the most for me. That's the most 
um, you know, satisfying part of my work is, is see how users use it and, and, and what, what great things are they are able to, um, to create or uh, to accomplish with uh, using our software. Yeah, that's good. You do know you can make the mouse bigger, don't you, Nick? Um, <laughs> the pointer. <laughs> yeah, you just wiggle it around. Uh, no, no, there's on, that, on... but as but as well as that, you can in in the system you can make the pointer bigger. Oh right, okay. I never even thought of doing that it's in settings, presumably. No, it's in accessibility. You can. Ah uh, right, okay. Uh, yeah, you increase the mouse uh, pointer cursor is uh, considered a feature for people who are uh, uh, with poor vision. You know, so. I never thought to do that. I mean, uh, most of the time, it isn't a problem, but just occasionally, yeah, um, we'll try and do something, and um, uh, bec- it, because it appears on the other, there's like the second screen, as it were, and the second screen, admittedly, is, it, you know, it's projected. It's about a ten foot image, but it is quite a long way away. <laughs> My eyesight's not what it was. If you go into um, accessibility display, yeah, there's a mouse. Uh, size thing you can make it about it goes from normal cursor size yeah which is the tiny little one up to about i don't know about four or five times as big okay well that might help thank you uh and and then also i have the personally yeah i have the shake mouse to make pointer go large which is also quite big useful on a big screen oh i might yeah that might be that might be useful actually but i'm sure the mouse po- yeah i mean if you made the pointer bigger you didn't have to make it necessarily massive you could make it bigger than it is though over over you know 30 40 foot you could make it big enough you could see it and mouse pose would definitely help you see where the mouse is that's for sure um, okay and the the other one is um Oliver, you, you've not mentioned, which I think you should mention very much, is the Mimo Live Reporter. Oh yeah, yeah, but uh, we are we are currently not having any news to share about that. I mean, we uh, we we might have actually, um, uh, you know, uh, we we're experimenting with adding support for a uh, thermal com- thermal camera to it, so. Um, that might be something interesting that happens, um, you know. Mm. Certainly not before the end of the year, though. Uh, and 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 you know, um, we've been thinking about uh, you know adding um, a couple of uh, uh, you know maybe more cameras or something like that. Uh, and yeah. but but you know, right now uh, right now it's not on the uh, on the it's not the top priority. So. Um, it's, no. it's a cool app, um, and and one of the things we 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 always keeping a lookout for is that um, one part of it I like very much is the is the um, uh, the screen uh, screen broadcasting extension that Apple um, you know that allows you to actually broadcast the uh, the screen uh, of the iPhone or the iPad, um, so you can do screencasts or you know show off. Uh, you know, a game, a game, or something like that, and uh, and and and, but that's that's giving us a hard time all the time. So it's not one of the best working features of of the app. And so, uh, but certainly we we're keeping an eye on that um, to to improve it um, as soon as we can. Yeah, well, I wasn't necessarily looking for anything new. I just thought you should oh, okay. t- t- tell the uh-huh. listeners what Mimo yeah, Live then, then is for. We, we, have, we have more products. I mean, I can... Oh, yeah, I you've can, got lots I, more. I can pitch a couple of more. For example, we have uh, Photomagical, and that's one one app you might want to look at for using in your church uh, because 
um, uh, 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 Nick, because the uh, if you if you uh, if you are using it for uh, showing photos um, or pictures, then it's much better than uh, you know uh, using uh, a, a keynote or PowerPoint um, because they they are optimized for business presentations and. Uh, Photo Magico is actually optimized for presenting photos. So, uh, oh, cool! That, that's 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 a pitch here for for Photo Magico. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I can see uh, I'm going to have to go and do a bit of investigating after this. Yes, show. yes, absolutely. Let me know if you need a license key, and I can uh, set you up with something. Okay, thank you, Oliver. It's kind. And one one more thing I wanted to quickly pitch is um, you know beginning uh, uh, December twentieth I think uh, and that's I, I think that's the current plan. There's going to be another um, uh, another round of the uh, twelve star apps promotion, uh, which is a um, uh, is a promotion uh, where European based software developers um, uh, uh, offer their um, products for, or some of their products at least, um, we, uh, for a limited time uh, at some discount. And uh, it's going to be um, at 12starapps.eu. Um, and you can check out what great apps are going to be available there. And um, we are going to be there. Uh, we're going to participate in the promotion with um, iStop Motion for iPad and Photomagico Pro. And uh, they're going to be off 20%. So over the holidays until uh, I think the official end date is going to be uh, January 2nd. So, yeah, that's that's one thing you might want to check check out as well. Okay, right. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, and when do you think that's starting? You think that's starting the twentieth? I, I, the, the the plan is to start on December twentieth. Uh, that's uh, Thursday, um, and um, it it should go uh, until January second. Um, and uh, you know that's my current um, information on that. I'm this this is run by uh, 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 I think. Um, let me see who I think they are now an independent uh, there's now an independent entity that runs this uh this promotion um but it was initiated by um good friends of ours um and uh they um you know it's 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 not like a bundle or something it's like you know it's just a, a way to promote um made in europe um great great apps for the for for the mac and ios uh that are made in europe Okay, well that's 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 great. That's fabulous. Uh, so I've put that in the show notes. Um, whilst we're on uh, such things, Nick, you you said you'd bought something recently that you wanted to talk about. Uh, Nvidia Shield was it? Yeah, yeah. I, I was having a as is normally my want, uh, wandering around Amazon. Um, uh, actually, I think I think it was recommended on a podcast. Uh, I can't remember which podcast, but. Um, uh, yes, the Nvidia Shield is it's an um, Android-based um, TV device, if you like. Um, so it does most of what Apple TV does, um, but it also has access to Steam, the games um, okay uh, uh, thing, and uh, and it also has some of its own games. Um, and even though I've got you know a, a PS3 sitting somewhere upstairs and. Um, I don't use them very often, and uh, I just thought, you know, if this was in my living room, I'd be more likely to use it. 
Um, so I, so I decided to go for it, and I've I've bought a, an Nvidia Shield. It's a cool piece of kit. So yeah, you get all the normal Netflix and YouTube. Yeah, I'm and just looking now. I see here it says um, stream smoothly. Netflix, YouTube, Plex, Twitch, Kodi, etc. Uh, yeah, gaming. it's 4K. It's it all stream 4K if you've got 4K content, um, and you've got a 4K device that can play it, of course. Um, and and it's also got uh, games, and particularly for the casual gamer, I mean, it's a tiny little device. It's probably what um, about six inches long by four inches wide, and then it's it's about oh to change measurement units, it's probably about a centimeter um, tall, as it were, with right. a nice little green light on it, um, it accented here, light. Uh, cast your PC games to your TV. Well, that's Wait. another one. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can do it from the Mac. Um, oh, no. okay. But if you've got a powerful PC, apparently, uh, apparently it all depends. Because I was watching a YouTube video about it, and apparently it all depends on how powerful your PC is. Well, according to this, it would appear that it harnesses the power of the GeForce GTX graphics card. So it would appear... yeah, it, it does itself. Yes. Yeah. All oh, right. So but it's it... not. It doesn't rely on you having a, a, a GTX GeForce in your. Uh... I don't think so, but the video I sh- I watched seemed to imply that if you want really powerful stuff, then you need a decent PC as well. Okay. Uh, um, it, it says play but, shoot but you games can... on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, premium Android games from family favourites and indie hits uh, to the most advanced Android TV games. All right. Okay. Looks good. It it, it is, and it and it works very well. It's very smooth operating. Very very quick. Um, Comes with its own remote, as they all do, which looks very much like the you know most remotes that you get these days. It's a sort of black um, Apple TV shaped device. All right. Well, looking um, at it, I'm looking at it here on the thing. Uh, by the way, uh, I haven't gone to this. Save up to thirty pounds. Offer ending twenty fifth of the twelfth. So until Christmas Day, it would seem you can get. Um, they have two here: the media streaming device with remote only. For one hundred and forty-nine pounds, um, and then it says get thirty pounds off Shield offer ends twenty-fifth, and then they also have the Shield sixteen gigabyte streaming media device, which appears to come with a games controller, uh, yes. for which they're asking one hundred and sixty pounds. So yes, I think I paid. I think I paid one hundred and fifty-nine for mine on Amazon. So uh, you you can pick it up for about that. Um, uh, yeah, the the actual game controller is very much like an Xbox One one or a. Yeah, I can you know, see it. it's a typical bat wing. Um, that's right. Yeah, uh, it's quite 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 comfortable in your hand uh, and, and works very well. It appears. Yeah. Um, so so there you go. So something a bit different. If you if you're uh, if you haven't got an Apple TV, actually I have, but <laughs> but I'm all for trying different things. Well, it, it looks um, quite nice. And to be honest, if it does 4K, I mean it's in the same price bracket as a 4K Apple TV. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And, and and of course, being Android, if you really are um, someone who doesn't mind digging into the innards of things, uh, you can sideload stuff and all sorts of things with it. So if, you, if you're someone who likes to play... And I would um, say, uh, to be honest, if you're more interested in games than what the Apple TV would provide, it's probably a better bet, I'll be honest. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah that's Apple... right. I think so. Um, yeah, generally, so far, it only arrived yesterday. Um, but I've already started playing a game on it, uh, and I, and I'm more than happy with the with the way it's performing. I think there is, I think there's a very slight lag because of course you're streaming all the games. 
Yeah. Um, so, so if you were a really gamer, it's not going to satisfy you probably. You probably the, the lag would probably annoy you slightly. Um, it doesn't bother me particularly because I'm a pretty casual gamer, and you know, it, it, as long as it's as long as it's almost instantaneous, then that's good enough for me. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's good, and it's not ridiculously priced so you know you're thinking of something for christmas there's one for you there you go um no and also this kind of streaming games thing is becoming seems to be coming you know as as network speeds and um latency go you know speeds go up and latency tends to go down it's becoming more of a thing because um well, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 when I started playing this game, it said adjusting, uh, adjusting resolution for because sp- I've only I've recently downgraded from a two hundred megabits per second connection to a right. fifty one because okay. I didn't really think I was making use of all that um, bandwidth. Um, so it may be I'm getting slightly poorer resolution as a consequence, but to me, I hardly notice it. In all honesty, yeah. I mean, it, it's like you know we have. Um... I have a, a, a technically an HD TV in, the, in that it will show HD content. I mean, it's only about, I think it's a 42 inch or something. It's not huge. Um, but yeah. to be honest, sitting across the other side of the room, I cannot tell the difference on my TV between the HD films and the not HD films. Um, as, as I asked my boy, yeah, if you sit at a reasonable distance, it's. You know, it, I asked my boy yeah. what, or my boy said, "What's the difference between the uh, HD movies, Dad, and the SD ones?" And my daughter said, "How long it takes to download." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I tell that... you something. Something else that people might be interested in. Now, this is only if you've got quite a lot of money to spare, because it's not cheap. Um, but it's not as expensive as you can pay for these types of devices. The other thing I've treated myself to recently um, is a Xiaomi WiMAX Pro projector. All right. So this this is uh, Chinese, as you can tell by the name of it. Yep. Um, you can only buy it from China, so you have to take that risk. It, I, I did feel a bit uneasy about doing it, but I bought it from Gearbest, which is a company in China, um, although they have a like a UK bit of their website. Um I believe Xiaomi have just opened a shop in London, but they don't sell this particular device um, because it's still got a Chinese interface on it. Oh, right. um, but the fact is, it's a projector, and you you can get bits of it in English, um, but not. It's got like its own TV system, okay, um, which is all in Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but you can get most of the um, the settings and things in English, and you can get the. Um, as I only use it for sort of selecting HDMI one, two, or three, it isn't really a problem. No. Um, but it's an ultra short throw projector. It's about the size of a VHS recorder, right? Uh, that you, that you used to be able to get, uh, and about fifteen centimeters away from the wall, uh, I've got it throwing about a hundred and twenty inch image onto my wall. Mm. Uh, and it will go up to 150 inches, apparently. My wall's not that big. <laughs> um, so, um, But, yeah, and it's, quite, and it's quite bright. I mean, they they claim 7,000 anti-lumens, which would be incredibly bright. Um, but I think that's a little bit of a, a con because it's also going through a color wheel, mm. um, which, which reduces the brightness a bit. But in all honesty, other than in really bright sunlight um, – it, it it's fantastic and at night it's like it's like a tv it really is it's that bright 
Uh, but it's like having a, a 120 inch TV in my uh, mm. in my house, and it costs around about 1500 uh, pounds. Okay, that's, that's and it's okay, a laser. It's not, it's... Sorry, I should have mentioned it's a laser projector. Oh, so right. it's using a, using a laser beam. So its life is around about twenty five thousand hours. Right. Okay. So... Which is a lot, quite a long time. Yeah. Many years. Many years. And uh, yeah. Oh, that, you know. So that I assume that that's um that's effectively scanning like a TV. Then the laser is, I assume, you know, do performing um, thousands of scan lines. But for... do you know? I, I don't. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, that's the only way I could. That's a good question. I would assume <laughs> that it's that it's um you know it's scan lining and using the you know. So the nearest vision. price of it of the nearest one in the UK. So your Dell make one, I think, and um. Sony make a ridiculously expensive one, about twenty thousand pounds, I think. Um, and the Dell one is many thousands. So this is this is quite a bargain. Yeah, as long as you can, as long as you can put up with the Chinese interface, you're all away. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you get stuck, put a put a screen put a screenshot in in the thing and ask Wei Han <laughs> if he can translate it for you. I could do. I mean, actually, the, I watched one or two YouTube's about uh, videos about it before I decided to buy it, uh, and they suggested using Google Translate on your phone mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually holding your phone up so that you can actually see. Well, and then you go to that. Then then you navigate to the bit that says language, and then you can change it to English. You see? Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm, I'm sure actually that that's probably quite possible. Right. Well, we've been going quite a while, so I'm going to I'm going to skip through some uh, some other quick little bits just to mention, as it were. Um, Mac Jim has sent us a link to the Sateki. I think that's how you pronounce it. Aluminium keyboard, a great alternative to Apple's more expensive space gray option. Uh, This was again on nine to five Mac. Um, This is uh, a full size uh, space gray uh, keyboard wireless keyboard for your mac uh it's fitted with all the um special keys for the mac you know the um mission control and uh show all windows and uh itunes uh controls and so on um it's got a very That's good quite, yes. quite cool looking it is it looks well it actually looks very much like the magic keyboard um except the corners of the of the keys seem rather more rounded um yeah. It says it has up to 100 days of standby and 80 hours of constant use battery life. Uh, charges by USB-C. Supports up to three Bluetooth devices at a time, which is always handy with a quick switch key, I'm assuming. Um, it's aluminium with a solid quality build. As it says here, Al- Apple's keyboards feature a top aluminium frame and a plastic base. Sataki's keyboard is a full aluminium body with six rubber pads to prevent sliding um it looks really really nice and um, they describe the keys as um something like the pre 20 you know 2015 or earlier um macbook pro keys um and they're saying i think slightly stiffer than the apple magic keyboard um but not you know excessively so um it slightly slopes, doesn't it? From yes, front so, do, to, so from does the, the magic. The yeah, the magic keyboard. It's very much like the magic keyboard. I've got a magic keyboard at work. Yeah. Um, I have to say, this actually looks slightly sturdier, to be honest. Um, the killer uh, feature of this is that it is only $80, which is half the price of Apple's um, keyboard. Wow. Um, and I think possibly even less than half of a space grey because uh, Apple charges about $30 premium to have it in the dark grey, don't they? There you go. Um, 
So that one's from Mac Jim. Thank you for that, uh, Jim. Security. There's a whole load of stuff in security, so I'll just mention them. Uh, apparently, Logitech app security flaw allowed keystroke injection attacks. Link to that in the show notes. Um, on Znet, apparently, there's an, an update if you use uh, Logitech devices. There's a, a security update for the app that goes with that. You should uh, download that. Um, Proton Mail blog uh, are basically sticking the boot into the Australian vague anti-encryption law. Uh, quite rightly so, if you want my opinion. Uh, go over to Proton Mail blog and uh, read what they have to say about that. Um, Fast Company uh, have a list here called the digital privacy tools you should be using now. Um, I think... I think I followed this, uh, it might have been John Martellaro um, on the uh, on the Mac Observer. Uh, this basically is a list of suggested uh, protections, a VPN. Um, well, we all know my favourite is Proton, but other, um, other VPNs are available. Um, they recommend uh, private internet access. Oh, I should just mention, by the way, that uh, Proton VPN won uh, an award or the prize for best newcomer and runner-up in oh uh, in best free VPN from VPN Pro. There you go. Well done. Uh, oh, very good. Well done on that. Um, okay. So what do they mention? You should have a VPN. You should probably use a privacy-focused web browser. Uh, their top pick there is Brave, but also uh, good options include Safari, Opera, Firefox, special versions in particular. Um, support, you should have an ad blocker. Uh, they su suggest Privacy Badger and Ghostery. Uh, Ghostery will be coming on the show, by the way, uh, early next year. So uh, there you go. Uh, don't use Google because it tracks you. Use DuckDuckGo. Thank you. I've been using DuckDuckGo ever since it was, um, well, before it was even available as a default on the uh, on the Mac and the iOS. Um, uh, you can also download um, everything you, you from Google as well that they know about you. Yes, and if it's a lot. Interested. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it is a lot, yes. It's a lot. Um, they suggested the use of an encrypted DNS. Uh, they mention the Cloudflare 1111. Um, they don't mention the other one, but the other one that uh, I have uh, found and use is uh, Quad9, which unsurprisingly is 9.9.9.9. .9 .9 .9. Um, a secure messaging app, uh, as they say here, um, they like mentioned... Uh, they mention the gold standard is Signal. Uh, I happen to dispute that. I think I would say the wire is my favourite and is the gold standard. But Signal's also very, very good. Uh, what they're basically saying, don't use Facebook Messenger. <laughs> um, iMessage or WhatsApp are good, but bear in mind WhatsApp is belongs to Facebook. Facebook. Uh, <laughs> use a password manager. Um Again, they, uh, here they mentioned Dashlane and 1Password, both of which, of course, are very good. Uh, and in iOS 12 and Mojave, Apple have provided a password manager. Uh, well, they've had a password manager for a while in the keychain, but they've added more features. It will now, for example, uh, suggest super long, complicated passwords and so on for you. Um, use two-factor authentication. This is all really basic stuff, really. We should all be doing it. Um, they mention here for two-factor, two-factor-auth.org. Um, and the I would also mention Authy, uh, A-U-T-H-Y. Um, 
And of course, there's YubiKey if you're all really that paranoid. And they also mention encrypt your hard drive. You should use File Vault, or if you're on Windows, probably uh, uh, an open source uh, utility called Dis Disk Cryptor, and that's spelt uh, D I S K C R Y P T O R. Um, and, and then they go on about uh, data destroyers and how to uh, get rid of your hard drive. So uh, right, uh, right at the bottom, it talks about uh, tinfoil hats. And yes, tinfoil hats. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> they're selling them, I think. <laughs> Faraday bags. Uh, no, no. Let's no. Let's be fair. Faraday bags have a, a do actually have a, a valid use. Um, apparently, there's a, one of the reasons for a Faraday bag for your car keys is there's an attack that allows people to um, steal the the coding from the key oh yes yeah that's right um and uh obviously the other one is a lot of people are keen on faraday bags or these um or these these wallets rfid protected wallets to prevent yeah people, i've got i've got one of those prevent yeah. people um scanning your you know the chips in your cards um there we go uh and uh, what else have we got here? 2018 saw people use 11 new stupid passwords, including Donald. <laughs> um, unsurprisingly, it's the annual list of stupid passwords. Um, the full list, uh, the top, I think the top, uh, top two unchanged, one, two, three, four, five, six, and password itself. Uh, then we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three, four, five. Um, new entries uh, appear to be uh, Donald, uh, one, 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 Sunshine, uh, I'm not sure where that's sprung from, uh, Princess, uh, six, 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 five, four, three, two, one. And uh, what might uh, written down seem quite complicated, which is exclamation at hash dollar percentage uh, carrot ampersand asterisk, but which is, of course, shift uh, and the top row. So there we go. Uh, and there's some others, uh, you know, football, monkey. Um, there we go. Qwerty, one, two, three. Object. Don't use those. If you're using that, for God's sake, change it. Thank you. <laughs> there we are. Annual roundup of stupid passwords. Um, and I think I'll be honest. I think that will probably just about do us. So I'm just going to give the shout out here. Uh, giveaways. The essential Apple giveaways. Uh, you've still got time, people. Skylum gifted us five copies of Luminar 2019 and five copies of Aurora 2019 to give away. Send an email to essentialapple at sudomail.com, and that's S-U-D-O mail. Mention whether you would prefer Luminar or Aurora, and the phrase I gave in the show with Alec Sepko. So if you haven't listened, go away, listen, find the secret phrase, and email me for a chance to win Luminar or Aurora. Um, on top of which, uh, listeners of this show can claim $10 off a purchase of Luminar, Luminar and or Aurora 2019 uh, using the discount code Essential Apple. Uh, and don't forget, if you buy Luminar 2018, you'll get all of the 2019 updates for free. Uh, there we go. And I have two licenses for the Beelight Live Home 3D, one for iOS and one for Mac. Same rules, basically. Uh, email me again on essentialapple at sudomail.com. Mention the Live Home 3D. 
and give the phrase which is in the interview with B-Light. We'll pull the names out of the hat on the Christmas Party podcast next week. So uh, that's recording on the 23rd. So you've got all week to get your entries in. Good luck, everybody. Right. Um, well, I'll start with you, Oliver, as we wrap up. Uh, would you like to tell everybody where you can be found, followed or otherwise prodded? Yeah, um, I'm I'm on Twitter at uh, O Breidenbach, which is O-B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H. And the company Boeing Software can be found at boinks.com, B-O-I-N-X.com or on Twitter, Facebook and other associated uh, uh social media things and uh yeah and uh give us a shout uh and uh yeah thank you for having me on the show no thank you for coming back on again oliver always a pleasure um nick um you can't really be found very much places at all can you apart from on here and sometimes on bart's show (laughs) no i'm hiding under my desk Ah. um uh, yes i'm i am on bart's show occasionally uh but you can also find me on Twitter very occasionally um, as Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. And it's been fun as usual. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Well, uh, there we go. You can find me on Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, all of the shows are over at EssentialApple.com. Uh, you can find us on Uh, YouTube, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, uh, you know, in all good uh, podcast apps. And uh, I think all we've got left to say now is next week will be the Christmas party podcast. Uh, I'm expecting Bart and Carl and possibly a couple of other people to turn up. So uh, let's all look forward to that. And uh, for now, thank you, everybody. And we'll say goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh... Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Five, four, three, two, one. And we are go. Go, wait, go where? The commercial guy. We're recording a commercial for the MyMac.com podcast. Ah, so we're recording the podcast now. Well, no, not now. At the moment, we're recording this commercial. So when do we go? Go where? I don't know. You started this whole go thing. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. We have no idea what we'll say next.
Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.